Welcome to the Russell Ball Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj. Mark, another beautiful weekend. It's actually scorching hot this weekend. How have you been spending your time? Indoors, AC, uh, uh, sunlight clothes. I've been living vampire mode. <laughs> perfect answer, perfect answer. It's actually like 30 degrees out there. That's uh, Celsius for you American listeners out there. Uh, and it is super, super hot. Yep, it is uh, for our American listeners, all one of you. Uh, it's 86 Fahrenheit, uh, but it's going to get uh, much, much worse. I think they say it could possibly get up to, uh, sorry, uh, night, about 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which I know probably for a lot of our American viewers is not super hot, but it's definitely hot for your Canadian neighbors north of the border. The summer is definitely here. It looks like things are opening back up maybe a bit too soon. We'll get that into that a little bit later when we discuss uh, NBA and the Florida situation. But let's start off with a wrestling event last week that could potentially have been the greatest wrestling match ever. What do you think, Mark? Forever, ever? Uh, it was a good wrestling... No, I, I don't... I think the first half, maybe the first three quarters of the match, uh, was really too slow for me. Um, Randy Orton did beat Edge, but Edge looked like uh, like he looked lost. He didn't look lost in the ring, but they may have portrayed him in kayfabe as someone who's looking like he's trying to get back into it. And uh, they often made him, oftentimes, they look really weak. Uh, I know once Randy hit that neckbreaker on him, it was sort of all downhill for Edge from there. Uh, the ending was good. Uh, but oh, I didn't like anything. That ending was it. spectacular. Yeah, I, I give that ending an A plus. But I agree with you. It was not even close to the best match ever, or the greatest yeah. match ever. No. It was a good match, though. Don't get me wrong. But it was definitely not the greatest match ever. And for those of you listening and thinking, what the heck are we talking about? We're talking about WWE Backlash that happened last last weekend. I assume. Yeah. yeah, last Sunday. Um, yeah, that was uh, again. So going back to that main event. Was a good match. I agree. I, I think with Randy Orton, he has uh, a very slow start to most of his matches. He's a very hold and rest guy. Um, uh, you know, that's sort of like old school type of wrestling. Uh, and some people like were really good at it. Like Bret Hart is a great example of a guy who can do the hold resting and still kind of make you interested in it. Uh, at this point, though, Randy Orton, we've seen it, you know, hundreds if not thousands of times. Uh, it does get a little bit tiring. That said, that ending though, woo! That's ending... the last time we saw the punt kick. Yeah, he's bringing it back. It looks like because he did it on uh, Raw as well. Yeah, he did it on Christian. Christian. I, I didn't understand why Ric Flair. I guess obviously the evolution thing, but yeah, it it was better that way if you ask me because I don't think I wanted to see Randy Orton beat on Christian, uh, knowing that Christian hasn't. Christian probably has way more ring rust than Edge does because Christian was never supposed to make a return. Uh, so I was happy that Ric Flair just ended it early and Randy just finished it with a kick. And in my opinion, I didn't want to see Christian get beat up. Uh, so a kick to the head and a low blow is a small price to pay uh, to be the, I guess, ending of a uh, primetime show. Fair so enough. Was... And, and Edge, sorry, not Edge, Randy Orton also um, hit him with a chair like months ago, right? Christian? Yeah. Uh, quite possibly, I, I can't recall. But did he uh, big... did he do the infamous chair on the um, steps with Christian? No, no, not. You mean on Raw? Yeah, I think it was on a Raw. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember the long time ago. But uh, 
or a while back. But I know on this on this raw he wasn't. He just challenged him. And, uh, I, I was just bringing that up because it seems like Christian just comes back to get uh, beats in, in, in honor of Edge. Uh, he's getting the short end of the stick there. But Christian's actually doing a lot of stuff for WWE. I see him on the after shows a lot. Um, so it looks like uh, he, you know he's getting he's got a nice little role with the WWE. So that said, some weird things about this match. Uh, two things actually. The first thing was that, that this was pre-recorded on June seventh. Uh, the second odd thing was that uh, either Sunday night or Monday, uh, we all got the news that Edge injured himself. Yes, tore a tricep out. Yeah. Uh, what six to eight months, something like that. Which is weird because again, it was pre-recorded on June seventh, and the news came out. Uh, after the pay-per-view so I was I yeah if... I was very impressed that they were able to keep that hush hush yeah if it's true I don't know if they're kayfabing or not I don't can, can we confirm that um we there was no like real real confirmation in terms of medical documents but somebody had froze a screen cap of the match and saw like a bruising on his tricep or mm. yeah around that area and they said yeah it looks like he, maybe he did pull uh, or tear a muscle there which is insane because this is a pre-recorded match. So you think that doing these kinds of matches, you'd almost avoid that, but perhaps not. I think uh, this was pre-recorded in the sense that like they wrestled the legit match, one shot, one take, uh, but they just recorded it beforehand. That's all. Because hmm. um, I, I didn't notice any like camera cuts or anything that lo- didn't look like they restarted the match anywhere or anything like that. Well, if you look at the punt kick at the end, they don't show it. It's just you see the back of Edge's head and you see Randy going through it. So... Yeah, that was a, but uh, I will say this, the WWE is known for some terrible camera cuts. Yeah, but in, again, pre-recorded, you'll have choice of cameras, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you have more options as to what you can show as well. So uh... I think it's pre-recorded in the sense that SmackDown's pre-recorded, right? Is it? I thought SmackDown was live. No, it's pre-recorded um, and then they played on Fridays. Oh. I thought SmackDown became live. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm not. Sure. I, th- I thought that's what it was. And even like NXT, yeah. I know that sometimes they'll film like two or three NXT episodes in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just pre-recording the sense that they're recording beforehand. But regardless, uh, they did a good job of keeping that injury hush hush. Yeah. Um, if it is real, um, I'm assuming it's real uh, because I wouldn't understand why edge would be would want to sideline himself for eight months after just returning and being at the age that he is and having to fight the people that he needs to fight Uh, but let's see and obviously like you were saying what we talked about this this is gearing up for a third match you think so i'm sorry could you repeat that i was saying that uh this this feud looks like it's gearing up for a third match it has to yeah they're they're at a standstill tie right now so uh, a third match, maybe I'm thinking three stages of hell if Edge's body can even stand <laughs> that. A hell in a cell or a cage match might be the ending. But what what's the uh, three stages of hell? Uh, so each so basically it's best of three. Uh, the first to get two wins uh, in any respected match wins the entire match. Basically, uh, some guys that or one match that stands out in my mind was Stone Cold versus Triple H in the three stages of hell. First match being a regular one-on-one match. Second match being a uh, extreme rules, I guess you can call it match. I guess back then it was called a hardcore match. And the final uh, stage. Uh, so I think Stone Cold won the first match, which was a regular one-on-one. Triple H won the second match, which was a street fight or a hardcore match or extreme rules, however you want to call it. And the third match was a Hell in a Cell uh, that uh, Triple H ended up winning on one of one of, one of the best endings I've ever seen. And this is all consecutive, uh, like one match. One right? after the other. One wow. after what? the other. Yeah. 
I can't recall the last one that we've had of this because I honestly don't remember these uh, three stages of hell matches. I'm assuming had, we haven't had one recently. Not recently. I think maybe two or three years ago, and even I missed that one. So, mm. uh, yeah, it hasn't happened often because you definitely need like an hour, and it's got to be with guys that you trust and guys that can go the distance. It seems like Edge may not be that guy. So again, I'm just flirting with that. Oh, well, it depends, right? Hell, they so. did, they did do a like an hour long pre recorded backroom brawl. Yeah. So maybe they can pre-record it and, and, and extend that thing to an hour, but who knows. Um, that would be kind of cool, though. I, that sounds like an interesting type of match and something that would be a perfect like uh, rubber match for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, when, when we were talking about this feud you know, weeks ago, months ago, this was my worry about Edge returning and having him face Randy Orton is that he'd be stuck in this feud. And now this feud is going to last a year. Oh my goodness, we need to see Edge and AJ Styles, we need to see Edge and Rollins, Edge and Roman Reigns, holy cow. Um, You're not going to see Roman Reigns for a while, so don't worry about that. I think he'll be back soon. I don't think so. Well, did you hear? There was a recent uh, case of coronavirus on the uh, set of, I believe. I did hear that, yeah. And Kevin Um, Owens has uh, pulled out. He pulled out. So, uh, yeah, Uh, Roman may not, because Roman does have a compromised immune system you know he's beat leukemia twice i believe so uh... when i say soon i just mean within the realm of edges timeline so he's got at least a well, year before he's going to face months. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> till he faces edge so i think by then you know we'll, we'll have reigns um i i don't know if and, and this is not this is definitely gonna disrespect edge but i don't know if edge is even in the frame rate of roman reigns i don't know if he could keep up with him I mean, um, Roman Reigns had a match with a dead Undertaker, so. Yeah, it wasn't a good match either, right? It so. wasn't a good match, but uh, Edge can definitely do better than that. Yeah. Uh, it depends what type of match they have. Um, the thing about Roman Reigns, I will say, is that he's not the type of guy who will always have a great match. He needs a good partner. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you throw in AJ Styles, no matter who you put AJ Styles with, it's going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree with you there. It could be a stinker, but I still think he could put on a match. Um but anyways, let's go back to Backlash. Uh, a lot of matches that happened that night. That all, that was obviously the main event. Uh, the next matchup, I guess we'll talk about, is Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. Um, you know, I was never when we talked about this on the last podcast about this whole event. I wasn't a big fan of the contenders. Uh, having seen the fight afterwards, I was I'm still kind of like, eh. I really could take or leave this match. What did you feel about it? It was uh, it was a good match. It wasn't very long. It was about thirteen minutes. Uh, Drew did what he needed to do, uh, but but did he though? Because again, they brought it back to they tied it all again with Lashley and Lana yeah. and uh, MVP, and I'm like, Jesus, guys, this is a title match, and and for some reason, you guys want to bring it back to this storyline. Let's yeah. get over it already. And it seems like they have, because uh, I think Bobby asked for a divorce, a yeah, so based- divorce. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, on Monday Night Raw, he says that he needs to get a divorce, which would make Lana uh, uh, have divorce, uh, two divorces in one year. Uh, I don't know if that's a record or not, but maybe in kayfabe it is. Uh, but uh, uh, what happened on Raw was that Drew McIntyre had to team up with uh, uh, the twenty four seven champion, our uh, Truth, mm, um, okay. to face Lashley and MVP. Um, is he the Two four seven. When did when did uh, Gronkowski lose it? Uh, I forget. But he, I think he lost it to 
to our truth I can't remember. Okay, okay. I may be wrong. There may be another guy that got it, and then our truth beat it off him. But I, I honestly, I can't remember because that belt really doesn't matter. I think yeah, R-Truth no, it doesn't. Like th- it's like the internet champion. belt. You remember yeah. the internet title? Yeah. That Zack uh, Ryder had. Zack Ryder, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, go on. So they tagged <clears> up. So they tagged up. So basically, what happened was, uh, our truth sort of screwed up and said that both titles are on the line. Uh, the 24-7 and the heavyweight champion in this tag team match. And then after Drew McIntyre was kind of pissed and was like, why would you put the titles in jeopardy like that? And et cetera, et cetera. R-Truth is like, don't worry, I'll fix this. He comes back and he says, you know what? You're right. Uh, and, and he basically says that I got the 24-7 title out of the match, but the heavyweight champion is still... <laughs> Uh, so you can see Drew is a little stressed out and whatnot because the R Truth kind of does that like dummy kind of. Oh, thing. I love his gimmick! I love when he shows up for matches that he's not in and all that stuff. But yeah. so uh, basically, the match goes. Uh, there are some scary moments for Drew as uh, R Truth actually gets beat up pretty badly by Lashley. Okay. Uh, but uh, R Truth does some pretty amazing moves as he's known for doing. He's pretty athletic and he gets Drew. Uh, he gets to tag Drew in. Uh, Drew comes in basically destroys MVP, hits uh, Bobby Lashley with the talk less Claymore. And uh, actually, he pins Bobby, but he uh, lifts his pin up after a one count so that he can get um, run, uh, sorry, R-Truth in for the pin. So basically, he tags R-Truth in, R-Truth goes to the top, and then he kind of like frog splashes him and pins and wins. And uh, Drew ends uh, up retaining this house. So it was a nice win as well. Nice. I really, Drew McIntyre, the champion, is really growing on me. He's he seems like I don't know. I just something really good about him. Oh, uh, I agree. I love Drew as a champ, and I actually yeah. like his uh, gimmick because it's not really a gimmick. It's just Drew being Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. He's not really heel or face. He just kind of. I guess if you had to put him in, he's a face. But he kind of just does what he wants and he does, he says what he ass. wants. Yeah. He's yeah. got a even great the way he. Yeah, even the way he promos. Right. It's just like regular talk. He doesn't. Yeah. And he has fun with it too sometimes. And, yeah. Uh, he's really good at. He's really good on the mic. Uh, so again, Drew McIntyre is going to hold that belt for quite a while. Hopefully, he doesn't lose it when Roman Reigns comes back because that would piss me off. But uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I I agree. Uh, but like you said last week, he is a Vince guy, so to speak, as well, right? So mm-hmm. hopefully, he does get to keep that title uh, uh, for the long term. How did you feel about that ending, by the way, with Bobby Lashley at Backlash with the whole interruption by Lana? It was whatever for me. Um, to your point, yeah, I'm, it's it takes away from it, but. Uh, it looks like MVP had approached. He approached Apollo Cruz on Raw, and he approached. Um, shit, I forgot. There's one other guy that he also approached. So it looks like Bobby Lashley might be getting a uh, gang or like a click together okay. with MVP. So that's kind of interesting. I forget who the other guy was. Um, I can't. If I if I remember some sometime in this podcast, I'll bring it up. But uh, he approached a, f- a few guys. Apollo Cruz is basically saying he doesn't need anybody. Um, so I don't know if Apollo will turn or not, but they're definitely trying to angle something with MVP. Um, basically, I think what this matchup backlash showed was that their stable isn't strong enough. Um, I know Drew McIntyre is just one guy, but uh, uh, obviously Lana being a distraction and MVP trying to, you know, MVP is basically in his Heyman role right now. Right. Uh, trying to get a collective group together. So I think Lana is just a side a byproduct of what's going to happen. She need, definitely needs to go. She doesn't really serve a purpose in WWE anymore. Uh, there's no need for her to be with Bobby Lashley if Rusev's not around and Rusev's like not in the company anymore. So Right. Um, the ending was whatever to me. 
Like again, but again, if they if WWE builds MVP and Bobby Lashley into building a stable, then I'll say fine. It was good for storytelling. Lashley actually was in a pretty decent stable for a very short time in the WWE. I'm trying to think who it was again. I want to say Jinder Mahal and and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they they looked like you know they're all pretty super big jacked guys. Uh, I, I at the time I thought that was going to be a pretty big stable. So um, Bobby Lashley would be perfect for a, a, a stable. Because yeah. he's he's not the best on the mic, he's not terrible, um, yeah. but obviously he's one he's one of the few big guys that plays the big guy role well. Yeah, um, he's like what they want. Uh, what's his name? Jake Hager to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we Jake won't Hager's... get into that. We won't get into that. Um, but anyways, uh, whatever it was, a whatever match. Um, sorry, what were you gonna say? Uh, yeah, uh, the next match, uh, Braun Strowman, Miz Morrison, could care less. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated both of them, no shit. Um, looks seven, like, uh, Seven minutes. Seven minutes, yeah. <laughs> looks like, uh, Bray, the old, so the, uh, the Bray that we know from Firefly, Firefly Funhouse has resurrected Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds, and it looks like he's gonna be fighting Braun Strowman next, so... Obviously, they're stringing something out, because I know when we last talked, we were both upset that Bray had been killed like that. Obviously, The Fiend hadn't fought Braun Strowman, but the way I'm starting to notice uh, um, Bray Wyatt is that he sort of lengthens that battle or he makes it into a story himself, just like how we did with John Cena at WrestleMania. So uh, interested again to see what, how they go with it. I don't see Braun losing the title to Bray, but I do see this storyline being prolonged with probably other, def- uh, other uh, contenders in between. Um, until maybe they can get a crowd and really do a story. Because I don't think you, you sell The Fiend versus Braun Strowman uh, to a crowdless arena. So I'm assuming that's what they're gearing for. And it seems that we're all close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, out. unless you're going to do one of those Hollywood-style matches like like that Firefly Funhouse match, uh, mm-hmm. which was super amazing. Uh, but uh, like you said, I think we were just both surprised that they ended that – or seemed to have ended that feud like right after the match. They didn't talk about that afterwards and now that they're bringing it back that's actually a good thing i think we're both happy with that uh, but yeah like from the beginning I, I thought braun and bray wyatt should have had a long feud considering yeah. their history considering where they're both at right now you would think that this feud would be like a year-long feud so the fact that he beat bray then all of a sudden he just goes on to face the next contenders without really uh revisiting that storyline it was kind of uh Kind of weird. Although I, I, I think they did have a bit of a promo on on Raw or SmackDown or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what had happened. I'm not sure if you remember or uh, not. Probably maybe no. not. Uh, no worries. Anyways, uh, I, th- I think they did do like one other promo after that match, and then after that, we didn't really hear much about that storyline. And in fact, we haven't heard much about Bray over the past couple of weeks. I'm not sure if it's because of the birth of his new baby. Maybe he's taking some time off. Um, congratulations, by the way, uh, on, on the new child. Um, but yeah, let's see. I think that's a, an excellent feud and one that we all really wanted to see extended. Yeah. Uh, the other match, Asuka and Nia Jax ended in a double countout. Don't really care about that because I don't like Nia Jax. Uh, Asuka should beat her no matter what. Because oh man, you sent me that video of Asuka. That thing was uh, dis- slightly disturbing. Oh my gosh, uh, who was that against? Uh, I forget what his name He's is. He's a that... respected Japanese wrestler. Very respected Japanese wrestler. Um, 
it's it was, the it's the guy who's known for you know basically slapping and 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 uh, having really brutal shoot matches. Um, he basically gets on her and just beats the crap out of her. Um, and this is exactly what Asuka had asked for, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so she, bar none, is the toughest wrestler, female wrestler in the WWE. It's Maybe essentially toughest wrestler, do- period. It's essentially domestic abuse. What I we saw, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like, it was I, all, like, this is Asuka's promotion at the time, or Asuka's, like, event. So she knew she, uh, that's what she wanted, like you said. Uh, but it's apparently a rite of passage, is what you were telling me. Uh, so this is why Asuka has a lot of respect in the game. Yes, that's right. Um, oh, jeez. Okay, I'll, I'll get his name and I will write it down um, and, and, and mention it. But uh, I forget that the was guy's brutal, name. He's, he's super famous too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super brutal. Um, but Japanese wrestling is different, especially uh, older Japanese wrestling is a lot different uh, than, than what we're used to in, in the States. Um, that said, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really get behind that. No, no, it was hard to watch. Uh, but, uh, more power to her. She took it like a woman, uh, or a man, I guess you could say, if you want to be a Becky reference and, uh, kudos to her. Anyway, I hate Mia Jax. I think they faced each other on, um, Raw. Uh, I'm not sure how that, I think Asuka won. Anyway, don't quote me on that. Um. As I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure they talked about this on the on Raw. But uh, the next match I do want to talk about is Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, which is actually a really good match. That was. Uh, if I could just interrupt, uh, the wrestler is Minoru Suzuki. Uh, so for all you Japanese uh, wrestling fans out there, you, you know who that is. Uh, sorry, but moving on, uh, Sheamus uh, versus Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. It was a good yeah. match. I really your thoughts, that man. Match. It was uh, it was a good match. Uh, Jeff Hardy's good worker when he's sober. Sheamus is obviously a good worker. Period. Uh, had a good storytelling throughout. Um, Sh- Jeff Hardy had his spots. Uh, Sheamus used his strength. Sheamus is really trimmed down from when he came in, uh, so it's allowing him to do a, a, a you know a more move set. Um, it was just impressive. He was impressive in the match. I had no doubt that he was going to win, and he won. Right on. Uh, did they really address any of the storyline no, stuff after was, that match? Uh, no. I, I don't recall seeing anything on Raw or anything like that. They're still going on with it, with the storyline between him and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Sheamus is calling him like an addict and, and whatnot. So it's just going to go on like that, looks like, again. Uh, so nothing really was addressed uh, in terms of what happened with Elias and the yes. car accident. Uh, poor Elias. Because uh, I was, yeah, I was rewatching that promo too, and it almost... Um... It almost seemed like they were trying to uh, say that Jeff Hardy was, uh, whatchamacallit, um, framed, so to speak. Because mm. uh, if you watch the promo, you see him, I, I don't remember, I, I don't know what happened. I just, mm. I woke up and here here I am. So it almost Possibly. sounds like, yeah, so maybe they're going to reveal something after that Elias was in on it all this whole time. Who knows? That would be cool. That would make it very interesting. It would be a lot better, right? Because like we said, yeah. man, you know, taking advantage of some some guys, you know, substance abuse issues, that's, that's not cool, man. <laughs> Never cool. But uh, both those wrestlers are guys that I really like, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, both good workers. Uh, obviously, Jeff Hardy at the height of his was a champion. Same thing with Sheamus, actually. Yep. He's a multi-time champion, actually, I think. They both are, I believe. That's impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Well, he's ready. Like, whenever Darby wants to push him and give him a title. I I was the one saying that instead of Braun Strowman, you could have pushed Sheamus to win that belt 
from Goldberg, which would have been a huge, obviously, win for Sheamus. But I think Sheamus uh, is ready for it, and he's already a champion, so it wouldn't have been that surprising. But anyway, Braun Strowman is no surprise as, as him being a monster. But Sheamus, I think, is always ready if he's ever called upon to be champion, and he's ready to do it. I mean, Yeah, well, he's carved out that role. It's sort of like how, like, I always go back to The Miz when you're talking about people who've carved out roles. The Miz is a guy you can always put in the IC title picture or the um, uh, U.S. title picture. He's like one of those guys, even if he's not in a story, you could just throw him in and it makes sense. I think you're right about Sheamus. You can throw him in the title picture. It makes sense um, just because of his history with the WWE. Uh, But yeah, that was a good match. Uh, One of the longer matches of the night, actually, at 16 minutes. A lot of short matches on on, on this card. It wasn't a long long pay-per-view. It was very short. Yeah. Surprising. Um, Obviously, the Edge match was pretty long. Are we sure this is a WWE event? Uh, I got to double check on that. (laughs) <laughs> usually it's like six hours start yeah. to finish but uh um anyways moving on we had the probably the next um bailey and sasha defeats alexa bliss nikki cross and the iconics uh you guessed that one correct i guessed the iconics but it's not super surprising as like you were saying they probably want to keep the belt on bailey and sasha as they're great heels they're doing a good job uh, happy happy belated birthday to bailey she had a cake um engraved on the back of her head just fuck my shit up kind of style i saw that yeah Um, i mean it's already fucked up so you couldn't get it any much worse but (laughs) and then uh bailey was back to her old gimmicks getting sasha banks in a match with nikki cross sasha obviously beat nikki cross uh so that uh that that feud is starting to grow i believe the iconics challenged uh bailey and sasha to a match this week by basically beating them up and then they accepted on raw uh, the challenge that was posed by the Iconics. Uh, Bailey and Sasha also defended their belts on NXT against uh, Shotzi, Blackheart, and uh, Tiga Knox. Tiga Knox, yeah, okay. So they actually lost that match. Uh, sorry, uh, Tiga Knox and Shotzi, Blackheart lost that match. Um, and looks like uh, Bailey and um, <clears throat> Sasha just started beating on them and then Io Shirai came out and cleared the ring out so that was cool that is I love Io Shirai uh but that's we'll talk about that on another podcast but uh now if you had your choice who would you have selected to win this triple threat um I think originally I said Iconics but I think I have to go Bailey and Sasha they're doing a good job Okay. Uh, they're f- and they and they need to be on all brands to make it at least somewhat relevant in the girl in the women's division I don't really see anyone else uh, obviously, Io Shirai is great. Uh, Charlotte is good too, uh, but uh, I think uh, Bailey and Sasha are really killing it right now. Oh, for sure. I could see a long-term storyline when Io Shirai gets called up if they do Asuka and Io versus Bailey and Sasha, champ versus champ. Yeah, that might be. be cool. Yeah, that might be something uh, to to look into if you're the WWE. Um, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I actually am a little bit bored with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see them break up at this point. Alexa, we know, is a star. She can be a champion, uh, you know, a singles champion. So I, I don't want to see her tied up in a tag. Nikki Cross, I think she just needs to find her own gimmick and, and kind of... Because, um, again, a lot of the critique is that, and this was part of her promo as well, but a lot of her critique was the fact that um you know people just see her tied in with alexa bliss and not as her own wrestler so i would like to see her kind of develop her own self um and so i think it would be a good move to, to split those two up the iconics they are what they are they're just a, a mid-card tag team so mm-hmm. 
Um, and then finally we had uh, Paula Cruz and a lot of title matches, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not a lot of title changes, but um, or any title changes for that matter. But uh, Apollo Cruz defeated Andrade. Um, not really much to talk about that match. Um, well, something important, yeah. Not much to talk about it, but uh, uh, it's funny because uh, uh, Vince McMahon said that Angel Garza is the next Eddie Guerrero, and uh, on, <laughs> on on Dynamite, Jr. said that Sammy Guevara is the next Eddie Guerrero. Uh, aside from Posing the greatest Mexican wrestler in One Direction, who do you think? Let's say aside from that fact, because it's arguably who could be the who who could be known as the greatest. But who's more in line with being the next big thing, Angel Garza or Sammy Guevara? Uh, the next big thing, uh, I gotta go with Sammy G. I agree, uh, especially considering he's an AEW, it's gonna be easier for him to get a push. Yeah. Um, you know who's the real Eddie G though? My boy MJF. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy he epitomizes the eddie eddie g but um yeah between those two uh like i could see the comparison for a- angel garza as well he does the whole you know cocky thing he does the he, you know when he when when he gets people to rip his pants off yeah that's like an eddie g- he's like a lover boy thing. to yeah. me he's more like a Shawn michaels he could he could go in that row just with his whole lover boy thing yeah, no, but I mean, like, because when he gets people to pull his pants off, it's like a sneaky move, something that Eddie G might, you know, Eddie Guerrero yeah. would do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I understand the comparison there, but Sammy G is just, he's one of my favorites, so I'm not going to go against him. I, I think he's the bigger star, and I love Sammy, man. That dude can sell. Yeah, he sells. He does great moves. He has a great move set. Uh, he has a funny gimmick right now, but again, like as I said before, I'd love to see him. When he becomes a face, obviously when he's a little older, he's only 22 or 23 right now. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets older and he really grows into who he is, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Well, interesting thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think he needs to do to kind of take it to the next level? For Sammy G? Yeah. Um, I, I think he's still, like, for me, he still looks like he's young. I uh, still look, he's still, his body's still sort of growing into it himself. Uh, yeah. So I think he's got to work out uh, he's got to get a little bigger. Um, as as much as it pains me to say things like that matter, um, I think in his case it'll only do him wonders, um, especially if he's able to pack on like twenty pounds of muscle in like the next three years. Uh, he could get started on that road really quickly. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Because when you look at him, uh, he's a bit skinny, but the thing is, is he's not even like really really shredded. So like if he had like two percent body fat, it probably would look okay um, he might look too skinny at this point though with two percent body fat which is what we also also don't want so we have to definitely pack on 20 pounds of muscle before we were to cut down the two percent body fat or something well i just mean it would be better than what he is now like because it's just weird because he's kind of skinny but he does not like super shredded no but i so, think if you if you get shredded at this point you just you're too light sure i mean possibly yeah uh but i think it's still better than what he currently looks like mm-hmm. uh, that's all i'm saying anyways uh yeah i i agree though i think he does need to pack on a few pounds get a little bit bigger i think he needs to work on his physique uh but besides that man he's got the skills he's got the promo skills he's he's got it all so i'm excited yeah. to see what he he has uh lined up in the future uh, especially also, being paired with jericho man yeah no, no one better to be have a, as a leader yeah uh, something also interesting to note uh i i'm really i'm starting to like the uh ray mysterio dominic mysterio and seth rollins uh, feud. It's getting pretty interesting. This just this week, 
Seth again, Seth is doing a great job as a Monday Night Messiah, and it's not getting enough love. Uh, but basically, he's feuding with Rey Mysterio. He injured Rey Mysterio's eye on the steel steps. Um, permanently, not permanent, like quote unquote kayfabe, like prolonging injury of an eye, uh, which has stopped Rey Mysterio from competing, which again, I think is part of the storyline, obviously. Uh, so basically, what happens is uh, Seth Rollins comes out, he talks to Rey Mysterio via satellite, and then uh, Dominic kind of jumps the crowd, beats up Seth Rollins. Uh, then you see uh, Murphy come down to the ring along with Austin Theory. They can't catch him because he's jumping around. He's doing all these cool acrobatic moves. And not super acrobatic, but he is avoiding them. And then he jumps out the crowd and gets away. And I love it. I thought that was great. Uh, I, I'm interested to see. Uh, I, Ray will be on Raw this week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm also interested to see if uh, Dominic actually has plans to join NXT in the future. Um, as he also may have a bright career and could be the next Eddie Guerrero. Or I guess maybe in his case, he'd want to be more like Rey Mysterio. But he's bigger than his dad, so... Oh, yeah, um, a lot bigger. He um, can... Uh, his his window might be a little... Maybe a little earlier open. He uh, must be closer to six feet, if not yeah, six feet. Yeah, he's, he's very tall, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly didn't even know that he had trained in wrestling. Uh, well, he did the 619 on Brock, right? He's taking some hits from Brock Lesnar with Rey, so... Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Making but his rounds. That's the thing, though. Like, I haven't really, really seen any wrestling. It was just more. No, like, no, no, no. He it's got, not really like, power he bombed did, onto the. He did the six one nine with his dad, and yeah. I think he did a frog splash from the top rope. But I think that's as much as I've seen. He may have done yeah. more, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, those aren't those aren't incredibly difficult. The six one nine, I would say, is a sort of difficult move because you could, you have to lift yourself through the both ropes and hit him hit the opponent with your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. To, interesting again to see if he does join nxt or if he's even interested in wrestling but i think he is because why else would you be doing all these things right oh for sure yeah and it would make sense right to carry on the lineage when especially with your dad's ray mysterio one of the mm-hmm. best ever you know so uh yeah uh, i i really don't know uh about his background maybe he does have a lot of wrestling experience in the past or maybe he's just getting started now but uh regardless when you're connected you know your father's ray mysterio you're, you're obviously going to get an opportunity um, wherever you go. So, um, let's continue on with the wrestling topics. Uh, one of the big things that has come out over the past couple of weeks, um, something not very good, obviously, but all the sexual harassment, sexual assaults, rape allegations, all of this craziness is going out. I mean, I knew that, you know, the wrestling, you know, backroom in uh, locker room in wrestling wasn't very like PG, but like this is just downright disgusting stuff that I'm hearing. Um, and the crazy thing is I'm not even like super, super shocked that a lot of these guys are getting called out. Well, did you hear the one of the no, JBL's name is surfacing again, how he used to go in the showers and soap up yeah, other wrestlers. Well, like, that's, well, are you JBL's so trash. Like that's I don't know. straight up in Christian's uh, book or edges book. Oh, see like, so the How story goes, the story goes, and and, the, and I'll, I'll get, I will say the way that Christian wrote it, it was very like, sort of like fun, but like, regardless, it's a, a shitty thing to do. Uh, so Christian was taking a shower. This was before he was even on tele, televised uh, events. Uh, but he like, at this point, most of the people knew him. Um, so he's in the shower, he turns around and he sees uh, JBL behind him in full like cowboy uh, gimmick gear. And then he just starts 
um, lathering his ass. And and then he looks over to, I think it was Kane who was showering as well. And Kane's like not keeping eye contact, just looking away. Um, and, and Christian kind of just wrote it like, oh, it's just a rite of passage. And that's how he knew that, you know, JBL respected him. And I'm like, no, no. man, <laughs> don't justify it, you know. Don't no. justify it. That's, th- that's this is not ribbing. Yeah, that's not ribbing, man. No one should have to go through that. No, that's dis- JBL's a disgusting human being, and I'll say that on the record. Just because the amount of things that come out about this big piece of shit bully, uh, he's trash. Uh, the reason he even has a job is beyond me. That Vince would protect a guy like this. I don't care if he's been in your company for fifty years, uh, but when you're doing acts like this, not even that, but bullying other commentators, you're just a big bully. You're a big piece of shit, and you need to be dealt with. Um, so that's my rant uh, with him. I I I I have always hated JBL. And the, the crazy thing is WWE did pull him, right? They let him go uh, one yeah. time after an allegation, but then they just brought him right brought back. Him back. Yeah. So I don't understand what kind of message they're trying to send. Uh, like, listen, I maybe JBL doesn't think what he's doing is wrong, but that doesn't defeat the fact that it is wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's. And if someone did it to you, it was wrong. And I'm sure that's what happened. Someone did it to him. And he just, a lot of the times when, when you have people who do these kinds of actions, it's because it's been done onto them and they normalize it and saying, well, that's just a normal thing. Sort of well, like how Christian normalized it, right? So, well, you know, yeah, it's a rite yeah. of passage, right? But, well, I mean, look at R. Kelly. That's how he defends his actions. Yeah. He says, oh, yeah, I was abused as a kid. Well, that doesn't make your abuse. What you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Good. So, um but anyway, so that that's um, you know an old allegation. But now a lot of these new guys. Uh, obviously, we talked already about um, Velveteen Dream. He's got new allegations coming out. Uh, Matt Riddle had some allegations that came out, but although that one's a little bit dicey because apparently he already approached the WWE about this uh, individual um, and the person. Apparently, the accuser is someone who's been stalking him for a while. So we'll leave the jury out on that one. Uh, but there's still tons of names. Uh, who else just got released recently? Jack Gallagher. Uh, Jimmy Havoc from AEW. Um, so a lot of names that you're just kind of like, what the hell, guys? Yeah, and these are young guys, so they should know better too because it's something that's been going on. Uh, we've been trying to be conscious of what's been going on in Hollywood and the wider world in the workplace and, and whatnot, that these things shouldn't happen. So it's really sad to see some of these younger guys uh, that have been carrying on this very uh, poor behavior uh, and, and it's just and disgusting getting... behavior. It's like yeah. you you guys all have mothers, right? Yeah. How can you treat women like this? You know, would you want your mother or your sister, or your daughter your to be treated, girlfriend yeah. to be treated the way that that your you wife. know some of these stories have come out as? It's yeah. crazy, absolutely nuts. nuts. Uh, that said, um, you know, it's always innocent until proven guilty. So hopefully we get a little bit more evidence and, and we bring a lot of this out to justice. It, you know, if they're guilty, they should they should spend time in jail, whatever it is, get charged for it. Uh, and if they're not guilty and they're actually innocent, that should come out to light as well. I, I would never want to see someone's career ruined over something that's false, um, which is a, like if I had to guess Matt Riddle from all the evidence that I've seen, it sounds like he is innocent. Um, but again, let's wait to see and get more information before we, we discuss further, but it's just crazy. The amount of wrestlers that have, have been accused of things from other wrestlers too. Right. So it's not just like random fans or anything like that. Other wrestlers are coming out and say, Hey, yeah, this person's a shitty person. So 
it's it's sad it's sad you we thought that stuff ended in the 90s and and now it's just repairing right back um yeah anyways uh moving on mark uh matt riddle he's on smackdown, smackdown. Yeah. challenging aj for the intercontinental belt right off the bat that should be very exciting um to see how that develops as aj is obviously a great performer matt riddle is an annoying person to many people so uh that should be very interesting yeah i agree um i i Again, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Riddle, but I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit is due. He's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. He he uh, has good matches. I just really hate his gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Which is just him, really. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, And the fact that he is still on television, it must mean that the WWE thinks he's innocent as well. Yeah. Because um, they pulled Jack Gallagher right away, and they actually are, like literally erased him from the website. He's not even under alumni anymore. So he's just so, straight gone. So in other NXT news, um, there is going to be a triple threat match uh, this uh, NXT on Wednesday. It's going to be a Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, uh, and uh, Keith Lee uh, to face each other. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Lee would uh, Lee is going to defend his championship against Finn Balor and Johnny, Johnny Gargano in a triple threat match. And the winner, uh, which I assume would hold the North American belt as is a North American belt match will face Adam Cole on July 8th uh, for the, for the NXT heavyweight championship. So it'll be interesting to see if Keith Lee finally gets the push, but he's got some fierce competition in Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor next week or this week, I should say for the number one contendership, but also for the NX, for the NXT North American championship that Keith Lee has been holding. So uh, that's a match to look out for this Wednesday. Uh, now, that's an interesting one because would you say like if you're the WWE, do you give him the NXT title or do you just push him straight to SmackDown Raw? Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough thing because in terms of legacy, you'd like to have the NXT title. Uh, but in terms of what Adam Cole has been doing with the belt has been great too. But if you, if you give, um, Keith Lee, the championship right now, he's got to be the champion for like a year, I would I would assume. Exactly, and it seemed like prior to this, it almost seemed like he was uh, getting groomed to to get moved up because, you know, obviously he had the, the Rumble entrance with Brock, um, and he's been on a few uh, WWE events. Um, main yeah. roster, anyway. Yeah, yeah main roster events. Um, so it's kind of like, I thought he was going to be moving up. You know, they've already moved up Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, was Matt Riddle ever champion, by the way? No, I don't think he was. Yeah, I think no. he just held the tag titles. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so it's it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure if I if if I'm the WWE, I might consider moving him up instead of um, keeping you know having him be the champion. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, and AEW, uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega defeats Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. It was a great tag team match. Um, QT and uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, The Natural, uh, they put on a pretty good show, as they normally do. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Kenny and um, Hangman are just too in sync with each other. They're one of the best tag teams I've seen in a while. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so they're going to be facing uh, best friends next week. They want to match against Sammy Guevara, the Lay Sex God, Sammy Guevara, and Chris Jericho uh, with a surprise win, um, where actually... 
uh, Orange Cassidy was the cameraman uh, who tripped up. I believe it was Jericho. That's right, yeah. And cost them the title. Just a week prior, uh, Orange Cassidy had uh, been beaten up pretty badly uh, by Chris Jericho and his crew, the Inner Circle. I believe he'll be facing Chris. Uh, Orange Cassidy will be facing Chris Jericho, I believe, on this week's Dynamite. Uh, just sort of as a retribution match. And that uh, was the uh, first time we've really seen Orange Cassidy break out of character. And yeah. he just went right after Jericho and beat yeah, the crap aggressively. out of him. Yeah, yeah, he went very aggressively at him. Um, MJF defeated Billy Gunn, who's in terrific shape. Uh, he beat him with a pin, so it wasn't a very convincing win, but it was a heel win nonetheless. But it looks like uh, Jurassic Express sort of picked a fight in the crowd with MJF. So I guess we sort of know that uh, MJF and Jungle Boy probably have another match coming up at the pay-per-view. Uh, so not really. I think MJF will beat him anyway, so it doesn't really matter there. Mm-hmm. Um, another match. Oh, it's going to be Firefest. Sorry. So uh, Orange Cassidy is going to face Chris Jericho at Firefest, which is just taking over their Dynamite show. It's going to be two nights, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um uh, the other thing, Cody Rhodes is going to be fighting Jake Hager, also at Firefest. Uh, that's going to be for his TNT Championship match. He had a decent match, Cody, anyway, against Ricky Starks, who's a new sign by the AEW uh, this week. It was it was a whatever match. Um, but uh, I guess they're just kind of uh, hyping up to Jake Hager. Um, the Young Bucks defeated Jimmy Havoc, or he, sh- he who shall not be named anymore. And Kip Sabian, so I guess good on AEW for giving the Young Bucks the win. Um, this was a good match because the Butcher and the Blade were there. They're all dressed in white for some odd reason, uh, but uh, they were there. So was the uh, the Revival. I forget. I forget what their AEW name is now. Uh, FTW. Um, FTW. They were there as well. Uh, FTR. Sorry, FTR. FTR. Yeah, FTR yeah. was there. Yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting to see. Uh, because they're all everyone's always touting FDR against the Young Bucks would be the greatest match. Uh, well, I mean that's been uh, years in the making, making right? Yeah. Uh, they they're Bullet Club, did... right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, are they Bullet Club? All of Who? Them? Uh, um, I'm not sure. I think they just have a history in the indie scene, but because uh, I I know like when when they were in New Japan, I think it was uh, mm. that's uh, the Young Bucks. That is, they wore an outfit that had. Uh, FTR on it, which a lot of people thought uh, stood for F the Revival. Uh, so it's just something they've always alluded to. Even on Twitter, they're always saying, you know, uh, we're, we're going to face each other one day. It's going to be the greatest match ever, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I think it's just something that's always been alluded. I don't know if they actually have a connection in terms of being in, in, in a similar um, uh, group or anything like that. But I'm sure they must have wrestled each other in the past in the Indies or something. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a much hyped one. Uh, even when they first showed up at AEW, there was a lot of hype behind that. It's pretty cool too how they came in. Although that's um, what was it? Oh, that move where they go off the rope and sort of like a sort yeah. of like a pile driver. I don't know what you call it, an assisted dri- pile driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it did not look great. <laughs> and they did the uh, double feature of that move. Uh, I think it was the Young Bucks and FTR. They both they did it to Kip Sabin and he who shall not be named and the uh, Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now so, you were telling me that uh, the Bunny is now been repackaged. It looks that way. She's with QT Marshall. Oh my goodness! Um, and uh, they, she may have costed them the match against uh, Hangman Page and 
Kenny Omega. As she was told not to come out, she ended up coming out about like halfway through the match. QT Marshall looked like he was a little more hyped up and then got caught in a move. That's, uh, but yeah, she, she's his girlfriend for now. That's disappointing because I really liked uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Yeah. I thought there was a, a cool uh, gimmick and a cool uh, trio, but you know, maybe she'll it come back. Good. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I think. Um, yeah, I haven't really followed too much of AEW. Um, I guess their next a- uh, event is going to be that Fighter Fest. Um, is there a date for that? What date is that going to be? Is that soon? I think it's fairly soon, if not this soon. Fire Fest. There we go. I see it here. It's oh, it looks like it's a two two week event. Mm-hmm. First on July first, second on July eighth. Yeah, which are just going to be taking over the Dynamite episodes. Okay, okay. Yeah, sort of like Bash at the Beach, Blood and Guts. Uh, yeah. They're just, uh, yeah, they're just they're doing like, it's like a mini pay-per-view. Mm, okay. So right now you have John Moxley versus Brian Cage with Taz. They've been cutting some pretty good promos. Uh, Brian Cage finally spoke for the first time, it seems like. Uh, okay. He's not terrible on the mic, but Taz is definitely years ahead. Uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page will face best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Cody with Arn Anderson, Jake Hager, Hakito Shida versus Penelope Ford with Kip Saban for the Women's Championship and Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a regular match. Now, having seen a little bit more of Brian Cage, uh, any new thoughts on him? Because uh, when we first saw him, like I, I'm a big fan of Brian Cage, but uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts. If, 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 if Nothing new. He hasn't really done much in terms of wrestling. Um I would say he looks way better than Wardlow uh, oh, oh, in terms of just being size and moves, moveset probably. Yeah. But he's like, man, his, his bodybuilding is amazing. Uh, well, yeah, I think he's a legit bodybuilder. Yeah, he's huge, man. He's scary big. Like he's, his, he has dense muscles. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's very agile too. Like I he said, is. once you start to see him wrestle, I think uh, you'll, you'll, be, you'll jump on the hype train as well. Like I said, this guy can do moonsaults and all that stuff. He, he reminds me uh, a lot like Apollo Crews in that way. Ah. Just like really big guys, but can also do the flippy stuff. But uh, Brian Cage also can do the, you know, the big guy moves sets as well. Yeah. As I'm sure Apollo Crews can do as well because he's super, super jacked. Yep. Um, okay, so I guess that's it for AEW, unless there's anything else you want to chat about? No, the best thing I think is covered. Now, like... now there was a UFC event last night, a very minor one. I, th- I guess it was a fight night or a, a free event it on was Fox a, or something. Uh, UFC on ESPN, Blades oh, okay. versus Volkov. That was a terrible main event. Uh, Curtis Blades now holds the record for most takedowns by a heavyweight in a single match. It was previously held by Cain Velasquez against Junior Dos Santos. I think it was 12, and Curtis Blades ended up taking down Alexander Volkov about 14 times. So he now has uh, just a record for the heavyweights anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I don't think he was any... I think he was third all-time in UFC. It was a terrible match. I, 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 it was just boring. He just took him down every time, uh, and he won that way. He's 14-2 and two now. Uh, so it, to me, it doesn't really do anything for his ranking. Uh, right. He definitely dominated the match because he took him down. But he told everyone on Twitter... That I was gonna take him down, so don't go there and expect a stand-up bloodbath. And he delivered on his promise. So what more can be said? What I will say is that the Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos match was a really good match. Josh Emmett got injured uh, early on, I believe, in the first round uh, with his is either his knee or his leg uh, was weakened, and he just 
fought through it and uh he won by decision no less but uh uh just great to see that he powered through the pain and uh, he ended up you know uh, accomplishing victory that's cool now there was a bit of controversy on this event um i'll let you explain it because i didn't actually get to watch this live yeah so it was austin hubbard against max rosen toff sorry if i mispronounced that I, I just had the uh pronunciation but uh my mind has uh, has forgotten me but uh uh, basically, what happened was the first round, uh, Alex Hubbard was just beating on, not beating, but like punching pretty well, uh, Max, and uh, busted him open. Um, basically, the round ended, and Max sat in his corner and basically said, you know, I'm done. And his coach was saying, you know, you're fine. You're a champion. You know, you, you're just, you just got shooked in this round. He's like, no, I'm done. I can't do it. It's like, it was basically like Austin Hubbard took, you know, took the soul out of Max. So, there's a little bit of controversy in terms of people talking about his coach wanting to go on. And what ended up happening was after about, you know, the in-between time between rounds when the fighters are getting water and, and advice uh, after that had ended, it sounded like the referee had heard that this guy's saying he was done. He brought the Nevada state official over. He asked him, you know, Max, can you continue? He said, no. And that was it. They didn't question him. Uh, the fight was over when a, uh, Austin Hubbard won on a TKO, but this guy looked like he got his soul taken away from him in that first round. So uh, there's a little bit of controversy in terms of the coach pushing this guy to fight. I don't personally see anything wrong with that because I know if I was coaching a friend or someone that I knew for a long time and I, you know, I wouldn't stand it. You know what? You got punched a few times. Yeah. You were bleeding a little bit, but you've trained, you know, for a good amount of time on this. Like, I don't think you should give up just yet. I think you should just push on through, but unfortunately it didn't happen that way. And people obviously don't see it that way. So now, normally I would disagree with you, um, but having watched the actual like chat that they had in the corner, um, I don't think it was too you know as as bad as everyone is saying. Um, I think you got to look at the context. It, it was pretty clear that Max didn't want to fight mentally. Um, now I could understand if physically he was beat up and you know half half uh, you know awake because he just got knocked out or something like that. Um, and he was just super hurt and he wanted to call the fight, but he kind of just lost belief in himself because he even just said, I don't have it. I don't have it. Right. Um, so in my mind, you know, and the coach, again, he wasn't aggressive or anything like that. He was trying to give him some confidence. Um, that said, I will say that, um, you know, after, you know, the sixth time, seventh time that your fighter says he, he can't do it, you got to call the fight. You can't put in somebody who doesn't want to fight into into another round, right? Because let's say that the ref didn't hear it. Um, what do you do? You put your fighter back in there? Well, that, that's what was going to happen. Well, that's a, that's my point, right? And that's I don't think that's a good thing. Well, he kind of just easily went to the ref and said, you know, I'm done, like tapped out or whatever, right? Like, For sure. like, But but what my, my point is that at a certain point as a coach, you got to say, all right, my fighter is not. I think it took him by surprise, though. Like, I, I don't think he saw this in him. Like, he was just, he looked like he was just defeated, like, in the first round. And I, I don't know if it's just because of the first round. Maybe there's something personally going on with him where he just can't focus. Mm -hmm. um, that would be something between the coach and the fighter, obviously. So I think perhaps the coach was taken aback or the coach knew and just said, you know, just push through this and and we'll we'll get on with everything else. So, uh Tough to no, say because it really looked like his soul got taken out of him. And again, like I, 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 I don't mind the advice from the coach, but again, after a certain point, your guy doesn't want to go out. You got, you gotta, you gotta call the fight. You gotta call it. 
Um, so maybe people are upset the fact that the ref had to come in and actually stop the fight. Um, whereas, you know, again, I think if you're the coach, if it comes down to it, the bell rings, the next round's coming up, and your fighter has said 10 times that he does he can't fight, you got to pull him. Yeah, well, it's also tough because you're the first match on a preliminary card, basically meaning this is your entry into the UFC or not. So I got to say, at 5-1 and one now, I don't know if you're going to – I don't think you're going to have another UFC fight. Oh, I, I understand that. But if you put in a – let's say, theoretically, you put in a guy who does, who's just said 10 times that he doesn't want to fight. Theoretically, you let him go into the second round. Do you honestly think he's going to win? No, probably not. Why, why even put him in that position? But, I mean, it depends who it is. It's my friend, and I think he has a fire. He's just being a little bitch. Then I'm going to try and push him a little but bit. But that's the thing, though. It, clearly, he didn't have the fire. Yeah. Well, he, didn't, he didn't want the smoke, so to speak. He didn't well, want the smoke. You got to call it. <clears throat> it's pretty complicated. But yeah, uh, it is what it is. Match got called and uh, that's it. That's the end of that story. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of controversy there. Um, otherwise, it was just a whatever event. Not not really well, any big names on there. Good on the referee because had that been a full pack stadium, the ref may not have heard it. And mm-hmm. this guy may have just gone in there and just cried or something. So. I don't know. Well, 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 let's not, uh, let's not. This guy do... looked like he was going to cry. <laughs> let's not shame him, man. This guy looked like his girlfriend just broke up with him. His bank called him telling him his money had been stolen. And it's, it's a tough, his, it's a tough sport, man. And, 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 and his, uh, getting his, clocked his Travis, in the head. And his Travis Scott Jordan ones got stolen. It seemed like that happened. And then he got punched in the face. He's like, nah, yo, no more. No more of this nonsense. Hey, man, I'm not, I'm never going to fault a guy for not wanting to get hit in the face. That is not a, a sport that I want to participate in. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, moving on. So, uh, Fight Island is actually uh, the next big uh, event. Uh, they advertised it. It's going to be UFC uh, 251, which is on July 11th. Uh, Usman versus uh, Gilbert Burns, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, Peter Yan for Jose Aldo. These are all uh, title matches, along with... Uh, Oh, that's it. Yeah, these are all title matches. This will be fought on UFC Fight Island. Um, so this is probably the next huge card that's coming up. I uh, think Yan- uh, Fight Island is in the Middle East too, or like near Saudi or something. No way, is it? I believe so. Holy crap. Of, of course, that's where we're... Abu Dhabi, yeah. yeah Abu Dhabi, yeah. 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 So uh, that's the next big one. Uh, that's actually going to be a huge event. I'm super excited for that. Uh, who's headlining that one? Because like you said, there's Usman. three Usman. So Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the Walter Waite uh, title is the main event. Co-main event is Alexander Volkanovsky Vol- Vol- versus Max Holloway for the featherweight uh, And then title. Aldo's the third fight on that. And Aldo versus Peter Jan. Neither of them are holders. Uh, this is for the bantamweight title. Yeah, this is the one, I guess, that is relinquished by... Who? Yeah. Uh, is this triple c maybe anyways um yeah crazy that aldo is fighting for a title and he's the third on the lineup <laughs> yeah well he's so, that's how you know it's a good card the ufc does this once in a while they throw out a, a card that just has insane amounts of fights a, amount of interesting and exciting fights so uh looking forward to that one that will be a card for the ages um let's talk about the uh, i guess the main events uh i'm gonna go with uzman uh i think he's been looking pretty much unstoppable gilbert burns eh, 
he beat who what Tyrone Woodley was his last win mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I don't really know too much about Gilbert Burns uh, so I can't really say for sure if if, no, if, I don't. You know. I don't think. I think Usman has no trouble uh, taking him down. So Henry Cejudo gave up that belt. Yeah, yeah, Triple C. Okay, triple so, C. so we're right. Okay. Um. All right. So we're in Greenstand. Uh, Usman probably is taking that one. Um. Now the next fight up is an interesting one because in my mind Holloway lost pretty cleanly in in that first fight with Volkanovski. Yeah. Um. So I this rematch go. is a little bit early for me. Yeah. to have an instant rematch. I, I don't see it going really much differently. No, I think Volkanovski uh, beats him. Which is crazy because I think when you look at the style, uh, you know, stylistically of the match, plus the fact that Max Holloway is so long and lanky, you would think that um, he has advantages. And, and that's the same, you know, mindset that I had in the first fight was that he would take care of Volkanovski uh, mm. pretty, pretty cleanly, but it was literally the exact opposite. I don't know. How Volkanovski did it, but um, despite his, you know, clear size disadvantage, um, he he makes up for it in, in strength. Yeah, he's also got a longer reach. He's got about six centimeters, which is not much. Volkanovski? Uh, yeah. Really? He's a six, about six centimeter reach advantage. He's shorter than Max Holloway, though. That is. Old. That is surprising because he's significantly shorter than him. I think. Yeah, he's one. 1.7 meters as opposed to uh, <clears throat> uh, Max Holloway at 1.8 meters. Interesting. I always thought Max had the longer reach, but I, I guess he's just taller. Yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe that's how Volkanovski wins. So I guess it's a little more even than I thought. Um, it should be a good fight regardless because that first match was still you know, a, a good fight to watch. Uh, I just think uh, I, I don't see it going too, too differently. Now, Jose Aldo versus Peter Yan. Oh, man. Tough. It's tough. I like That's Aldo tough. for me. I feel like he's got to be past his prime at this point. Yeah. He's not very old, but he's been in the game pretty long. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. But he's his last fight was uh, February second. Oh, sorry, his last fight was uh, December fourteenth, uh, twenty nineteen against uh, Marlon Morales. Morales, yeah, Morales, Marlon, sorry. Morales, yeah. He lost decision. He lost, and before that, May 11th, he lost to Volkanovski in a featherweight match. Uh, and then before that, he beat uh, he beat he beat some dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, he both of these guys don't look super impressive. Peter Yan looks a little better, just in terms of uh, who he beat in 2019. Uh, he beat Uriah Faber. He beat Jimmy Rivera. He beat he's, John. He's Dotson. on a bit of a, sh- a streak, streak. isn't? Yeah, yeah, he's on a bit of a streak. To, as opposed to uh, Jose Aldo, who's has I don't know how he got a title shot, but he did. Eh, he's he's one of those guys you always put in if you need one. I'm you gonna need a contender. I'm, you throw him in. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna go with Peter Yan on this one. Uh, I gotta go with Peter Yan as well. Um, I think Aldo's just kind of past his prime, prime. and um, like you said, he's coming off of two losses, so that's you know that's a big deal, right? Like yeah. Um, so even if he does win the title, I'm sure they would have some sort of matchup with Volkanovski again, and then loses it <laughs> and then Volkanovski is a double champ double champion um so yeah uh, that's a big big card though so uh when what, what date is that card July 11th Woo. so just a couple of weeks away a few weeks away yeah that'll be a good one um now winding down the Russell Ball podcast here let's briefly just talk about uh basketball um 
first off, do you think the NBA is going to resume? I don't know. Uh, Florida seems to be having an outbreak now. Uh, so it's sort of been on ice, but all reports indicate that it is happening. So Now let me just throw this in there. Uh, the Blue Jays, uh, which were practicing in Florida, have canceled their training in Florida. That's uh, yeah, pretty big news. And, and, and the MLB is one of the leagues that are having trouble starting up because there are a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, it seemed like the NBA was well on their way to restarting, but I, I just don't know how you can, uh, considering how hard Florida is being hit right now. Um, and then again, if, if the MLB starts to shy away, we haven't even heard anything from them in NHL. I don't know if you've gotten any updates on that. Um, but we haven't even heard anything about the NHL, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The NHL plan was uh, not anything to do with Florida anyway, but... Uh, no, I just mean they haven't announced any resumptions yet. No. Right? No. Uh, Nothing official, right? Yeah, I'm trying to see. Phase 2 testing. Because I, I yeah, even nothing. know... What's his name? Just uh, who... Austin Matthews. Positive. positive. Just tested yeah. positive. Yeah, that was a pretty shocker. So, yeah, so like I don't know, man. Like if then I don't know if the NBA is really going to be the only sport that comes out and, and resumes if these and other think, sports decide not to. Yeah, and I think the Raptors are heading down there early. It was originally They are. Plan. Yeah, so the whole thing was they weren't going to meet up in Toronto and they were just going to go straight to Florida. Um, which makes sense. A lot of the the guys are at home with their families wherever they are across yeah. the states, so why come to Toronto and then go to Florida? Yeah, that's true. Um, that said, there was an OG uh, Ananobi sighting uh, in a Toronto Loblaws, so <laughs> he, he's been sticking around in, in Toronto. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's a better place to be with what's going on everywhere. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, keep on fighting the good fight for, for those protesters out there. Um, now, what's uh, a little lightheartedness in terms of the NBA resuming? The you saw the rules that came out, the Florida rules that they had. The hundred and thirteen pages of new rules: no doubles in table tennis, no caddies on the golf course, no sharing snorkels, no fiddling with mouth guards, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't it's know why wild, you wouldn't. Right? Double tennis? Why double table tennis? Come on, man. I think it's just tennis, but regardless. No, no, it's it's no doubles in table tennis. Are you sure? That's what it says. Oh, God. Yeah. It's more ridiculous than I had realized then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why you even have rules for this kind of stuff. I mean, I get, you know, liability aspect, but what happens if somebody does do that? You're going to find them? <laughs> yeah. And to what extent and how? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, kind of like these rules are going to so... be an appeal. Like, yeah it's ridiculous um so it's i just found it really funny like these are the kinds of things that we're worried about you know no no sharing snorkels yeah and i know that uh, one of the things that uh, they were having trouble with was they're trying to plan out activities for nba players to do and i know we talked about this privately but i uh, will mention it on the podcast as well it's kind of like man you guys are here for work you can't just yeah, 
Just you know? get in, grind out, practice in the gyms, and go home, shower. Just yeah. do your thing. You don't need entertainment. You don't need a Dave Chappelle twenty four seven that you can just walk in. Yeah, they're talking about having live outdoor concerts and and like uh, com- live comedy. I'm like, guys, this should be the least of your worries. Let's figure out how you guys are gonna be safe. Yeah. How you guys are gonna be tested for COVID? Those should be the main worries. If you guys have to be locked into your room, I mean, I mean, it's again, it's a decision that you guys need to make on whether you want to restart or not. But like there things like things like trying to make it more like a vacation, it, it makes zero it's sense like, oh, to me. Oh, we need to be entertained. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you guys? Oh like, gosh, you, there's something going on in the world right now. It's like you guys want, oh, we need to be entertained. We well, just I, I just think it's it. so crazy oh. how different the job of being an NBA player is from any other regular twenty-four. You know, I mean, not twenty-four-seven, but nine-to-five. I don't hear anything from the NHL. I hear nothing from the MLB. Uh, like, f- forget about that. This, I don't hear anything from the NHL about like needing entertainment. These guys are here to play hockey and to be like what. This is the prima donna shit that I'm tired of hearing about from these kids and perhaps older older players in the NBA. It's like, why do you need these things? Just, re- just recognize there's something going on here. Uh, do you guys want to play again or not? Because if you want to play again, you're not going to have these extra things. If you don't want to play again, then vote and say you don't want to play. Stay at your houses and your big mansions and then have your entertainment there. Exactly, right? right? It's, either do you want to come in to do your work or do you not want to work? Like, but you guys, simple. you guys are... You guys are too busy wondering what entertainment will be around. And if it's not entertainment, it's you guys are at each other's necks. Katie, Colin, Kendrick, Perkins. Perkins, back in, like, what does this do for anybody? It's so silly. It's so silly. Oh, so, yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, Kyrie Irving, Katie came out to Kyrie's defense. What do you make of all of this? Is anybody right? Is anybody wrong? Um, Kendrick Perkins laid down something I thought was, he just, he said it. I don't think it was very, uh, I don't think it was very, um, how should I say, rude. Um, it's just his point of view that pl- other players may share as well. Uh, Kyrie Irving's a strange guy. Katie, we know. Uh, I agree that uh, Katie's the last person that should be sick calling anyone a sellout. Uh, I will say um, I'm not at all really that upset with Katie. Um, and so for me, like, who comes out out of all of this looking like a punk? It's Perkins in my mind. I, I think, uh, I think... The fact that, you know, he was just laying it in on Kyrie Irving for like days over days. And the fact that he's, he is an analyst and he's put in a position where uh, he's speaking to, you know, lots and lots and lots of people. Um, it makes it even worse, right? He did have some valid points. I'm not going to say anyone's right or wrong, but I just thought it was kind of, it just looked kind of bad. Well, have a, have a constructive conversation about it. Even if Kendrick Perkins is being a little out of line, be mature. Uh, moving. I guess that's it uh, for the rest of all podcasts. There really isn't too much uh, else. Um, basketball. We're just waiting to see. Again, man. Uh, I think they have until the end of this month to put in their requests for moving players. I, I believe they have extended that to the mm-hmm. end of this month. Um, so we'll find out uh, more in a couple of weeks uh, whether this thing is actually going to go down or not. But yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mark, anything else going on? think that's it with that said you have been listening to the russell ball podcast thanks for joining us as always uh we're your hosts my name's joe uh joining me is mark and have yourself a terrific weekend or rest of the weekend sunday um and we'll see you guys next week take care have a good one